It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Panthers Podcast, hosted by me, Julian Council. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, talking Carolina Panthers right now, three times a week. Sorry about last week, was on vacation celebrating the 4th of July, our America's birth and holiday and all that kind of stuff. So, did not get in three episodes, but I'm here to get three episodes this week, have some great interviews coming with you guys for the rest of the week. But today, going to take some time. To answer some of the mailbag questions I did not get to on Friday, but make sure to keep sending them in because I'm not around for a Friday. I will answer them earlier in the week. So just send in mailbag questions as soon as you hear me say this to you. And to do that, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. That's at Julian Council on Twitter where you can send in your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Even if we're not doing it on a Friday, I get it in. I'll still get it in if you send me in the questions. Um, also, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, on the Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts, especially right now, as when we get to the end of the month, we'll be back to five days a week, where, you know, you should expect a podcast there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right now, I have not had necessarily a regimented schedule, although this week, expect a podcast Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I was planning on doing kind of a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, but that's not how things have panned out. So right now, make sure to rate, review, subscribe so you can find out the podcast, at least have it downloaded right there to your phone or wherever you listen to the podcast. So thanks again so much for listening to the show. So your Friday mailbag question is going to get to them today here on a Wednesday. Also, uh, The Athletic Joe Person did a fan survey asking a bunch of questions. I was interested in one, particularly... Um, I was interested in a couple of them, but the one I was really interested in was what people think Sam Darnold will become in Carolina. Uh, so we'll get to that. And also, let's just go ahead and start off with this. Something I missed last week and I wish I would have been able to comment on was Ryan Ramchick of the New Orleans Saints, their right tackle, signing a mega deal. Five years, $96 million contract extension with the Saints worth $60 million in guarantees. As we've had the conversation before, if you see five years and you see the full money amount, never expect it to be five years and $96 million. If he continues to play like he's played and he stays healthy, then sure, that's a possibility. But what the, how we should look at this is three years, $60 million. So three years, $60 million. What does that divide over to? That divides out to be $20 million a year. But if you look at the totality of it, the five years, 96, I believe it's 19 0.2 million dollars per year if he gets every single cent and plays all five years under that deal for the New Orleans Saints. And Ryan Ramchick is absolutely worth that money, or he's deserving of it. He's been a first team All Pro back in 2019. He's been a second team All Pro in 2020 and 2018. 
Now, we talk about Pro Bowls, talk about all pros. All pro absolutely matters the most. Those are the dudes that season. Now, the Pro Bowl, it also matters. The game might not matter, but in terms of how we look at guys contract-wise, how we look at them with the Hall of Fame, the Pro Bowl does matter. Now, the dropouts and then a guy being a Pro Bowl um, replacement, that kind of devalues the meaning of making the Pro Bowl. When it comes to contracts, though, and it comes to how we look at dudes' legacies, our favorite stupid word to say in sports, it is important. And when you look here in Carolina at Taylor Moten, and we ask the question, how does this potentially complicate things as the Carolina Panthers still have, uh, what, eight days to figure out whether they're going to sign him to an extension prior to the season starting, or you have until July 15th to sign anybody who has agreed and signed the fifth-year option, not the fifth-year option, the franchise tag, you have until July 15th in order to extend those guys until you're going to have to wait, if you don't, to 2022 when he becomes free agent. And I don't know if the Carolina Panthers want to do that, especially looking at the offensive line and the conversations that we've had. You know my concerns. I'm sure y'all share the same concerns, especially at the left side of the line, at left tackle, where Cam Irving's likely to start, and also at left guard, where, where um, Pat Elfline's likely to start. And then you look at center, Matt Paradis, likely his last year in Carolina, right guard, Sean Miller, signing another one-year deal here in Carolina. Again, likely his last year in Carolina, that's not good. When you look at the projected starting five, there is a possibility that none of these guys are back with the Carolina Panthers next season. I don't know if the likelihood is high, but it would not surprise me if that is something that did happen, particularly if Elfline and Cam Irving struggle. Now, how much does it complicate things for the Carolina Panthers? We've had the conversation when ESPN was looking at and evaluating the Carolina Panthers offseason. And Bill Barnwell, to be exact, he was saying that Taylor Moten might be in line for about a $14.5 million per year deal. Now, that's a lot less than potentially $20 million a year if it's three years, $60 million, uh, the way I'm looking at it here with Ryan Branchick. And, of course, it's less than the uh, five years, 96 if he gets every single cent, which is $19.2 million per year for Ryan Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick, again, has been a all-pro three years, one time as a first-teamer, two times as a second-teamer. Taylor Moten has not even been an All-Pro or even to a Pro Bowl. So that kind of gives you an indication there that how much can it really complicate things when he does not have the same resume. And that's not to undervalue Taylor Moten. I will always say a player should go out there and get as much money as possible. We looked at his parents building a house and him buying a house and, oh, that must mean he's going to stay here in Charlotte. That's not necessarily the case. He wants to live here after his career's over. I'm sure he would rather just stay here permanently. But there's a price tag and a price that needs to be paid for Taylor Moten in order for him to stay here as a Carolina Panther. Is it $19 million per year? Absolutely not. In my opinion, is Taylor Moten, over what he's done throughout his career so far, the Carolina Panthers, worth $19 million? But when you look at it in terms of leverage and what the Carolina Panthers have on their offensive line and the four other names that I mentioned that are likely to be day one starters when they kick off against the New York Jets in September, yeah, he might actually be worth that money. Would I be willing to pay it if I was the Carolina Panthers? Not necessarily, especially when you're Matt Rule and you evaluate Brady Christensen and you believe that He's better off playing on the right side, at least as of now, and he could be that insurance policy. And someone's asked me about this before on the mailbag, whether Brady Christensen might be that insurance policy, and certainly could be the case. But Taylor Moten, 
Based off what he's achieved so far, I don't think the Carolina Panthers should be handing him $19, $20 million, but they do not need to find a way to sign him before the season starts. Because here's the thing. If he does go out there to be an all-pro, and you look at his record outside of just, I mean, what he's done. I mean, he started, what, 37 consecutive games there at right tackle. If you just look at what he's done in totality outside of whether he's been an all-pro or pro bowler, because those are, I mean, it's a difficult position to be that, and you see the value that he has on his roster, it's going to be hard to re-sign him. And he might be looking for $18 million a year now that he looks across the NFC South and sees what Ryan Ramchick got. And he sees how valuable tackles are, not just left tackles, but right tackles. The price tag absolutely went up. It might have been $14.5 million, $15 million last week, but now it's got to be at least $17. We're going to split the difference. He want, Maybe he wanted 15 I don't know. I'm just guessing. Maybe he wanted 15 and now he sees that the 19's there. It's like, well, that's what I want now. So, well, the Panthers might say, well, how about 17 Either way, it's going to make things even more difficult for the Carolina Panthers, although I do not believe that's a price tag that they should be looking to pay right now, especially when there's other decisions to be made after the season. But sitting there and waiting till now to sign or to at least to try and make a deal happen. I'm sure they tried before, but having this happen before they were able to get a deal done is not great news for the Carolina Panthers. It's not good news for Scott Fitter, Matt Rule, David Tepper, Samir Suleiman, their, te- their cap guy. Telemone's going to get paid. Will it be here in Carolina? I don't know. But the man's getting paid, and things got a little bit more complicated now that Ryan Ramchick got the bag and more. All right, quick pause. The Athletic, Joe Person. He did a fan survey asking fans some questions about the Carolina Panthers, and one of those questions in particular stood out to me, but I'm also interested in how good you guys think this team will be, so we're going to react to some of those here in just a moment. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Go to the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Person of The Athletic released his annual fan survey asking Carolina Panther fans how they feel about the team heading into the 2021 season, including predicting the win total, expectations for J.C. Horn, and expectations for Sam Darnold. And I was very interested in some of the answers that you guys had. And we were just talking about Taylor Moten when they're asking, when he asked people about left tackle and who they wanted to start at left tackle, the most percentage came out to be Brady Christensen, who remember we've talked about this before. He was graded out as a second round guard, third round tackle, 
was a All-American last year at Brigham Young, BYU, protecting Zach Wilson, a number two overall pick who went to the New York Jets, replacing Sam Darnold. He was a starting left tackle last year and was nails for BYU, albeit against a very weak schedule, but still, he went out there and played well. And for three seasons, he was a starter and was a very solid player for BYU. 25.8% of Panther fans polled want him to be the starting left tackle. And I think ideally, after the Panthers decided that they weren't going to draft the left tackle there in the first round, and they were unable to get Panay Sewell as the Lions stole him, and now we're trying to play him at right tackle, which has me eternally PO'd. That's just the case. Didn't get one in the second round, traded back. They got Brady Christensen by trading up into the third round, but likely not to start there at left tackle, as Matt Rule said at the end of mandatory minicamp that Cam Irving of the Panthers signed to $8 million guaranteed on the first day of the legal tampering period through this off in this offseason, that he was likely to be the starter once they go to training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College. But the second choice there also was Cam Irving, and the third choice was Taylor Moten at 17.7% of the 631 responses to the fan survey. And the Moten played over there a little bit when needed during OTAs and minicamp. But again, he started 37 consecutive games for the Carolina Panthers on the right side. 47, rather. And I do not see that changing for the Carolina Panthers. So that is interesting that people want to see that. Also interested in you know how many games do people think the Panthers will win. The majority of fans polled think they'll win 8 or 9. I've sat here for a while and said I thought 8 or 9. Then I just kind of thought back to... This being the youngest roster in the NFL, you have a quarterback that has not had a ton of success in Sam Darnold, albeit he's in a better situation here in Carolina. I would see more seven or eight, but still, I'm right there with y'all when it comes to, you know, potentially eight or nine. Now, what needs to happen for the season to be considered success? I'm guessing the majority of people who said eight or nine really meant nine wins because a majority of the people who were asked, they think the Panthers need to finish with a winning record. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. A winning record could potentially, depending on how things shake out, could mean that they're in the playoffs. If they go 9-8 and eight or, of course, 10-7, and seven, I think that would definitely make them a playoff team. Of course, we have no idea how things will work out in the end, but still, I think that would put them in prime position, obviously, to be a wild card, unlikely to win the division with Tampa Bay returning literally everyone to their Super Bowl winning team coming here in 2021. I don't know if winning record, per se, should be the bar for the Carolina Panthers this year. Yes, I want to see this team have a winning record. Yes, you should want to see this team have a winning record. I think just the improvement, and I've said this before, 2022 should be the year where you're looking at the Carolina Panthers to be good and ready to go, at least in terms of competing for the division with New Orleans quarterback situation in flux, Atlanta with a new head coach, and who knows how much longer Matt Ryan's there, Julio Jones, of course, is no longer in the NFC South. They still have a terrible defense, and then who knows, eventually Tom Brady maybe <laughs> who knows i don't know maybe never may never happen uh but eventually tampa's gonna do something else with tom brady bruce arians he could be gone after the season especially if they win it again and maybe hand things over to byron leftwich or todd bowles a lot of changes in the nfc south and you want to be positioned to win right away when those changes kind of when everyone else, everything else is volatile except for your organization. So 2022 is the year I've been looking at. So, you know, if the Panthers go 7-10 and 10 or 8-8 or 8-9, eight eight, eight you know, that makes a little bit more sense considering just the youth of the roster and some of the question marks are still there. But yeah, but winning record, I, I understand the sentiment. I just don't know necessarily that whether that's going to mean whether they improved or not. Or I think if Brian Burns go out there and becomes a pro bowler this year, J.C. Horn 
looks the part and you're not really regretting moving off of Justin Fields or not choosing Justin Fields or Mac Jones. And really, that kind of depends on Sam Garner and how he performs. And the way people believe he'll perform when asked about this, what he will become in Carolina, 52% of the people polled believe he's going to be a dependable starter. And the full sentence is, dependable starter can be a playoff quarterback in Joe Brady's system, but not a Super Bowl quarterback, which is interesting. That's what the majority of people believe he can be. Now, under Joe Brady's system, how much longer is Joe Brady going to be here in Carolina? The majority of the people polled think that Joe Brady will be here two to three more years. I do not agree with that at all. This is his last season in Carolina. I obviously could be wrong. I just see if, if Sam Darnold's going to have success in this system this year, there ain't no way that Joe Brady is here in Carolina next year. He already had interviews this past season. He was already thought of as this offensive wonderkin after what happened at LSU in 2019 with that ridiculous offense. Would have, what, five or six guys that were drafting the first round off of that offense. Joe Brady's not going to be in Carolina. So if that's the case, what is Sam Darnold outside of Joe Brady's system? You already think he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Then why would you want him here in Carolina? Right? Like, why Why are we here with Sam Darnold in Carolina if, if people don't, if the majority of fans that at least polled in this survey don't believe he can be a Super Bowl quarterback? Now, 29% believe he's a journeyman. Feels like Teddy Bridgewater all over again. 13% believe he's a franchise quarterback who experienced a renaissance now that he's out in New York. And I understand, of course, the argument there. But Joe Brady leaves after the season. How much better is he going to be after that? So the majority of Panther fans really don't think that Sam Darnold's ever going to take them to where everyone wants to go. And that's hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. And that's absolutely what David Tepper wants. And this is why when I went on the Locked On NFL podcast last week, and they're just asking me about the decision not to take Justin Fields and Sam Darnold instead and just in trading for him. I was just telling them about how David Tepper does not have the patience. In my, uh, that's I'm of the opinion, and people I've spoken to are of the opinion that David Tepper does not have the patience to sit here and wait for a young quarterback to develop. So he decided and let Scott Fitter and Matt Rule, he let them go out there and make the decision to trade for a former top three quarterback who did not work in New York for a myriad of reasons. But anyway, you you break it down, it was bad. Hopefully here in Carolina, but the situation can be good. If he's bad for one season, as we already saw with Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think the expectations were ever high for, but he's certainly been a better quarterback than Sam Darnold's ever been in the NFL. You can only expect the same thing to happen, which is why I've been in the opinion that in 2022, the Panthers are be looking for a new quarterback. So... The fan base feels that way. <laughs> I, I think at the back of the mind of management, they also have to be like, you know, I mean, what do we really have in Sam Darnold? They're trying to find out, trying to put everything around him. I mean, the guy's got one year. What is he going to become in Carolina? It seems like most people, at least, you know, the got people who root for this team, don't think he's going to really end up being all that great. Because if you're not great, you're not winning a Super Bowl. Look at the guys out there who won Super Bowls nowadays. Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady. Brady's obviously the GOAT, going to be a Hall of Famer. But you got Mahomes, who, first year as a starter, league MVP. One is, oh, loses in the AFC Championship game. Second year as a starter, wins the AFC, wins the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. We got that in here in Carolina? Sam Darnold? Don't think so. It happens quick. Josh Allen didn't look great his first two years. Still, I think the jury's out on him. Had a great season last year in year three as a starter. They put a lot around him, obviously. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, both all pros. 
that helps. Offensive line, quarter, including Daryl Williams, who was playing out of position with Carolina Panthers the year prior. He turns out to be pretty good for them. They re-sign him. You got to put things around your quarterback, obviously. But also, you see fairly quickly whether your quarterback is capable of winning big or not. Do we have that here in Carolina? Well, doesn't think it uh, doesn't look like Panther fans think we have that. Dependable starter, but can he win a Super Bowl? Well, y'all think the answer is no. And I tend to agree with you. All right, you guys also have questions for me. Haven't been able to get to the Friday Weekly Mailbag as a vacation last week and other things going on the last couple of weeks. A lot of travel going on this summer with work over at NASCAR, the day job, and also just trying to enjoy uh, time off. So going to answer some of your questions that I had left over from Weekly Friday Mailbag that I was not able to get to in just a minute. Guys, I've been telling you about Built Bar, and now there's something awesome that they just put out. Limited time flavor, Built Grasshopper Cookie. Available this week only, July 6th through the 9th. Get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? It's just Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. You know the Girl Scouts always giving you those fine cookies, those Thin Mints. I love them. You love them. Now, Built Bar's found a way to basically bring you the same cookie with their own flavor, Built Bar. All the flavor without the sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There's something for everyone. They're soft and easy to chew and 100% covered in chocolate, and they're super healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or maybe raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. We're almost there to Tokyo. Almost to Tokyo. A little bit of controversy, but we're almost there to Tokyo. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And you can have the brand new Grasshopper Cookie Flavor Limited Time Offer. They taste like Thin Mints. I know you're going to want this. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. We're talking about smartphones, guys. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box and know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I was not able to get to your mailbag questions last week, but again, guys, continue. Send them in anytime, trying throughout the off-season on Fridays to do them, but I do have some things coming up where it's just going to make it impossible for me to answer you if you send in questions on Wednesday or Thursday it's going to be very hard for me to answer your questions on that Friday as I'll be headed up to Denver this week and then next week I'll be in Lake Tahoe California first time out there so I got things going on 
where I will not be available to do it on Friday. But if you send me in the questions, I will find a time throughout the week to answer them. And then at the end of the month, when we get back to me being here in the area, we can do the Friday weekly mailbag again. So to get those questions to me, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll answer your questions when I have the time, mainly on Friday throughout the offseason. But right now, when I get a chance to do it. So I'm going to do this right now. And very appreciative of the folks that have sent them in. We had a, a new listener here. Um, his Twitter name is like at well, well learn, uh, but learn well touring of North Carolina. He's a Tar Heel and he enjoyed my interview last week with the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon, who's exiting after this season. Mick, if you guys listened to it, I hope you really enjoyed it. Love talking to him. Guy, salt of the earth, done a great job with the Carolina Panthers and he did a great job back when he was calling games at UNC. Anyone who knows my background knows my parents at the Carolina. I grew up going to games there. I still go to games there, especially in the fall for football. Very excited to see what's going to happen there, especially Sam Howell. Maybe, maybe Sam Howell comes here to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback. Then again, David Tepper probably doesn't have the patience, even though that would be a marketing hit, something we can talk about later on down the road. But I was very happy to get the opportunity to talk to Mick, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you didn't listen to it, make sure to go back um, in the Apple Podcast stream, Spotify stream, wherever you listen to the podcast, and go listen to it. Rate, review, subscribe, of course. Um, so, Learn Well Tutoring of North Carolina, which, guys, if you need someone to help you uh, with your tutoring for your kids, uh, this guy, he listens to our podcast, or she, I don't know, or he or she, either way, they listen to the podcast, you should uh, help them out. Uh, so, here we go. Who would your choice be to be the voice of the Panthers after Mick the Legend rides off into the sunset? And, I'm not going to publicly or directly endorse anyone to have this job. I certainly have friends in the area, in the business, who would love to be the voice of the Carolina Panthers. So I'm not going to pick sides. I certainly hope it works out for whoever. Uh, Jim Zoki certainly has done a great job for a number of years working on the Panthers radio uh, network. Um, He would seem like a logical choice if you just want to stay in-house. But there's plenty of people out there who would be fantastic voices for the Carolina Panthers. And... I hope whoever gets the job listens to Mick and, you know, understands that this is bigger than you and that you, people are there to listen to the game and listen to what's happening. They're not there for you. They're there for the game and never to forget that. And to be a, hopefully they'll be an integral part of our community and someone that we can certainly appreciate and have a ton of respect for and someone who will give us great calls every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or Saturday or you know, whenever the NFL decided to start playing football games, maybe on a Wednesday at some point in time. Didn't we have a Wednesday game last year because the pandemic, or was it Tuesday? Either way, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, anyone, I just hope that there's someone who loves the Panthers, they love North Carolina, and they're willing to adopt this city and this region and be all in. That's all that matters to me. Uh, we'll be curious to see the decision that uh, they make over there with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Eric Barton. Asked, he uh, said, listen to your guest appearance on Locked on NFL on Thursday. And with you saying the Panthers should be 7-10, 9-8 at best, I was wondering what how, what you would rank our offense and defense out of the 32 teams. Like, So you're asking me how I rank our offense and how I rank our defense. I certainly would rank our defense, the Carolina Panthers defense. Uh, I mean, they're going to be a top half of the NFL. I think they're probably, let's say 12 or 13th. And that's largely dependent on whether they can get to the passer this year. Adding Hassan Reddick, which is my favorite signing of the offseason, and putting him opposite of Brian Burns should help. If uh, YGM, Itura Gross Motto, says he's healthy, that absolutely will help. Morgan Fox, as we saw last year, playing alongside Aaron Donald, which was um, obviously beneficial for him with his stats and this offseason with his checkbook. I like him. Daquan Jones next to Derek Brown. Davion Nixon. 
I love defensive line. I love what they can potentially offer, and that's not even counting, you know, what Christian Miller could be if he comes back here this year and he's a part of this uh, defense, and they, they like him on the outside linebacker position. Marquise Haynes, someone who's been undervalued after he, what, he had four sacks last year for the Panthers? Marquise Haynes can't be overlooked. Uh, defensively, they should be getting after these guys when it comes uh, to get from the edge or on the defensive line. In the middle, I, I like Shaq, what he provides. Senzel Perryman, when healthy, has been a very good player at corner. I, the depth, I've never felt better about it, at least in the recent couple of years we've had here in Carolina when you have J.C. Horn, who hopefully will come in and be a dependable starter from day one. A.J. Boye, uh, when he's able to play after serving his suspension of the first two games, I like what he presents for the Carolina Panthers. Same thing with Dante Jackson, which I think he's going to be the breakout player for the Carolina Panthers this year, specifically on defense. And then Jeremy Chen's still on a defense, whether he's going to be playing in a nickel, playing at linebacker, playing at safety. I like this defense. The other safety position is a concern, and I think there still are question marks of like how great the, the linebacker core is and whether this team, as young as they are, will get in enough um, sacks and create enough havoc. There's still question marks, still things that we all need to see. So, I mean, I'll put them there in the teens, probably around 13, 14. But I think they're a top half of the of the league defense. And offensively, like they're gonna put up yards. Like everyone in the NFL puts up yards nowadays. It just depends on how effective they are in the red zone, which last year, as we all know, was an issue. And settling for too many field goals wasn't great. And the turnovers, which I didn't expect to be as many as they had last year with Teddy Bridgewater, it was bad. And it could be the same, if not worse, this year with Sam Darnold if he shows the same tendencies that he's shown in his first three seasons in New York. And that can't all be on Adam Gase, and it can't all be on lame duck Todd Bowles in his first year there with the Jets. I would put the offense probably in the 20s right now. Just to, I just don't have faith in the quarterback. Now, I mean, running the football, because like we're going to talk about, they're going to put up yards, like points per game. They're like, are they going to, I don't know. Maybe the 20s is, is rough. I don't know, 18, 19. It's, I, I just don't have faith in the quarterback, man. I like I like what uh, McCaffrey can bring, of course. Uh, we've already seen what DJ Moore's done the last couple seasons. Robbie Anderson last year. Uh, the potential of, of Terrace Marshall. The offensive line's not good. And the offensive line's not good. And the quarterback hasn't been good. It's really hard for me to sit here and be uber confident that this is a team that's going to be a top 10 offense or top 15. And Well, looking at them last year, they were 21st in yards per game. And they were 25th. In points. So, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater. And Sam Darnold, I don't see him as much an upgrade if he's an upgrade at all. So, I think in the, in the 20s makes sense for the Carolina Panthers. And that's just being fair to what they produced last year and what they brought in. I don't know if I'm ready to say that this team is ready to be a, uh, a top 10 offense, but obviously not even a top half of the league offense just yet. And Joe Brady, of course, is a play caller. Got to see some improvement from him. Uh, final question here. Uh, Travis asked me with the front office moves and the coaching staff this year, how do you feel about them? I like Phil Snow is the best. He thinks Phil Snow rather is the best defensive coordinator we've had since Sean McDermott. Hmm. I guess, yeah, it's probably true. Um, and Ron, the Elfie, Eric Washington didn't work out there. Ron is the, of the defensive coordinator. I guess he's been good back in the past. I'm not going to, it was a tough situation. What David Tepper was asking for Ron Rivera. I just go back to that's, 49ers game and just Kyle Shanahan just destroying him and just thinking like man Ron is kind of in over his head trying to be a head coach and a DC at the same time you can also look at Steve Wilkes he was pretty good he went on getting a head coaching job right after that season he was he was uber aggressive 
Uh, McDermott's had a great team. He's done a really good job up in Buffalo. Uh, especially, I mean, defensively, I don't think they were up to snuff last year. They were good, really good the year before, but he still has done a really good job with the Bills. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Phil Snow, after this one year, I, the numbers weren't great. They had, he had a young roster. Let's see what they look like this year. I'm not going to say he's their best defense coordinator that they've had since McDermott because obviously that's got to be Steve Wilkes. Uh, Phil Snow, let's, let's wait. That's all I'll say. Let's, let's wait and see how things go there with him. I, I do like the potential that, that's there. But it's just one of those things where, you know, he's mainly only been a college coordinator. Now he's coming to the NFL. It's his second year. We'll see what they do. Now, I think they've set him up for success with the signings that they made this offseason and the familiarity that he has with some of those players as well. I just – I'm not ready to go out there and leap and say that he's the best coordinator defensively that the Panthers have had since Sean McDermott. Because that has to be Steve Wilkes. I mean, come on, the guy had a head coaching gig after one season as the D.C., um, but other than that, yeah, coaching staff, I feel fine about him. Joe Brady made sense at the time to hire him. I uh, want to see improvements, of course. Sean Ryan as the uh, quarterback coach has experience um, with, alongside Matthew Stafford in Detroit down in Houston um, under Bill O'Brien with Deshaun Watson. Both of those quarterbacks, first-rounders, been fantastic in their careers. I mean, Watson's been really good and would still love to see him here in Carolina if things work out for him legally and he gets out of Houston. Um, that's what he really wants in the end. So, yeah, we'll see. Still – I think, that, you know, the coaching staffs. I mean, Pat Meyer, offensive line coach, he's got a, a lot of work on his hands, and we'll see how good of a coach he is there and trying to work with some of these guys, especially the younger players and the guys who've struggled in the past. So, yeah, I think the jury's still on his coaching staff, especially on the head coach as well. I think Matt Rule will be much improved in the second year, and I do think eventually that he can get the Panthers to the playoffs. And I'm not saying he will. I think he can. Um, but will he be the right guy in the end? I don't know. It's not for me to decide. We'll all find out eventually whether he is. And David Tepper will be the one who makes the decision in the end. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't ever have to come to make that decision. That's just pretty obvious that he is the right guy and he stays here for Carolina for a long time. And we have the sustained success that we were promised. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, guys, going to be back here Thursday and Friday. Going to have a two-part interview for you. Very excited about it. Going to talk even more Panthers with another local media personality and get their perspective on things going on throughout the offseason and looking ahead to training camp in Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College. So I will talk to you all later this week. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your night or day or evening or afternoon or whenever you're listening. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.